Saya. Hi, this is Laika. This is Borma, and you're listening to Stars in My Pocket. Today, we're really excited to welcome a special guest whom some of you may know from her website, koreandrama.today, Edessa Jones. And if you've been reading her website, you'll know she has a fascination for all things Jisung, especially the show we're going to talk about today, KBS drama Secret, which is also called Secret Love, which aired in 2013, starring Jisung and Hwang jong Edessa, thank you so much for joining us. We're really excited to have you here. Hello, I'm glad to be here. Yay. So the show tells the story of a woman who takes the fall for her boyfriend's hit and run, which kills the woman that Jisung was in love with. Um, and the rest of the show is about all the ways that he tries to punish her for that. And of course, they end up falling in love instead. Or maybe love isn't the right word, Edessa. I think that's why I think it's so interesting to talk about this drama, because uh even though it was in 2013 that it aired, I think people who watched it still remember it. Uh, you guys, you know, you guys remember remember what an effect it had on you when you watched it. And it's a drama that lots of people have rewatched. It's also a drama that lots of people hate. <laughs> so, mm. um, so I think that to me is why it's it's really interesting. the The love story is very dark very 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 dark and uh you, it's really arguable whether it's a love story or just or a story of mm, sexual obsession or something like that it's uh, it's not a healthy relationship let's put it that way yeah and, and that's especially um uh emphasized through uh, their first kiss when yeah he is completely obsessed with her and she doesn't know what the hell his problem is. You're talking yeah. about the part in the car where he like forcibly kisses her for like five minutes and she's struggling, right? Because yeah. I was yeah. so yeah. upset by that. I was that like, was what hard that? to watch. That's a horrible that scene. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The fun part uh, of uh, talking about this drama right now is that Adessa and I, we've watched, we watched this while this was airing, um, but uh, Laika and uh, Borama have just come off it and Laika literally a few hours ago. So yep, I'm fresh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you, when it comes to that scene with that kiss, I mean, it is, it is an inexcusable scene. I mean, it is, it's, it's assault, like he assaults her and... But what I remember, what really struck me at the time seeing it, what struck me was that I had seen uh, in Korean dramas, there was, unfortunately, already there's this trope of like the forced kiss or this, this you know, you, over and over again, you see, uh, and, and maybe this is changing. Like, I think, I think there's a lot of changes happening in K-dramas and in Korean society, but like, you know, five years ago, dramas, there there were a lot of times that like the heroes would kiss the heroine and the heroine would like be struggling to push him off um, at first and then would be like, oh, I guess I do love him after all. And then <laughs> they would play romantic music and it would all be happy, you know? Like and that was like something <laughs> I- yeah, Oh yeah, Secret Garden. Ugh. Oh, mm. right. And then, when I saw it in secret, I was really struck by the fact that it was totally horrifying. Yeah. So do you do you think the kiss was meant to be troubling, or was it selling it to us as romantic? I think that the show, uh, even if it wasn't 
I think it was capitalizing on the fact that the audience is already used to seeing uh, heroes pose a kiss on the heroine, especially when you already know that these two might end up together. You're sort of uh, conditioned to expect these two to kiss at some point, and the forced kiss wasn't as problematic a few years back as it is today. Like more people are aware of how problematic it is. So I think what the show was maybe trying to do is capitalize on that, but also put it in a. a, a a context that makes you uncomfortable like this is not a situation where you know the hero the, the sort of arrogant hero kisses an unwilling heroine and you think oh well you know what she does want to be with him but it's how he does it that's problematic the this here um uh, yujan yujan is still uh, like she's in bereavement she thinks her child yeah. uh, 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 is dead she uh, is trying to recover from a broken heart she has a lot of horrible things happening to her this is she's horribly vulnerable and she doesn't understand his obsession with her so this is all kinds of problematic so yeah the context itself kind of makes us uncomfortable and i think that that's what the show was going for mm-hmm. if that makes any sense i yeah but at the same time like i wouldn't feel so icky i mean it's horrible in any context but then like what makes me feel even worse about it is the fact that like he just he does that thing where like he kind of backs off and then he like gets on his knees and then he gives her like a real kiss and then she responds and like if there wasn't that part then i would have said yeah definitely they're trying to show that it's wrong and and like problematic but then i'm like why is what is that? Like what are they trying to say? Like she's she's okay with it? Like she I don't know. That gave me a weird feeling. I don't mm. know what you guys think about that. I And he never I, apologizes. And it's ahead. never addressed. It's never addressed. Yeah. yeah. But uh something that actually makes uh us sort of it's not that it makes us okay with uh where their relationship is going, but something that sort of makes us root for them. is the fact that yujang has no one in her life like she has her friends but she has no one who loves her right now she has to take care of an ailing father a child is apparently dead her fiance is distant and very unhelpful not to mention a complete ass hat uh, so in this situation uh, like minhyuk's minhyuk is the only one who is Like he's following her around. He's he's helping her, even though he doesn't seem very happy with himself when he's doing it. He is making her life more difficult. On the other hand, like she, he is the only source of not affection, but I suppose attention. attention. Uh, yeah, and that as as horrible as it sounds, sometimes when you're really low in your life, you need that. Mm-hmm. I I I want to take it back to uh, the kiss. again because what Laika said was very interesting about the uh the, how this how this progresses um and and I do think I read it differently I I don't think I think when she stops struggling uh that it's like not a, it's not a romantic thing uh it I think it's like an exhaustion thing I feel like it's another sign of how exhausted she is by this guy mm, okay. that like because, because remember there's that scene where she runs into traffic to get away from him um like like this is this is why it's such a dramatic and strange story because it is there's so many of these scenes where we really see her 
uh, her trying to get away from him. And I felt like I felt like in the kiss, she just sort of loses energy. You know, it's more like Jesus, this guy. It, 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 it looked. I think to me, that's what made it really look like an assault in a way. Mm-hmm. The fact that it just sort of kept going. You know, like she struggles, and he doesn't care. He's not listening to her at all. Like she's not a person. He doesn't. He doesn't listen to her at all. Yeah, like he doesn't give up until he gets what he wants, which is really. Right. Yeah, it was very upsetting. Right, which is for her to, like, be calm and nice and for him to be able to think to himself, oh, that was great. You know, she likes me. Yeah. But what actually happens is that he overpowers her and this, Mm -hmm. uh, like, it brings into relief the the big power difference between them as well. I mean, Jisung is a, he's a chebol, he's extremely powerful, he's managed to, like, ruin her life um, in every possible way. So, it like he can basically do what he wants to her and she doesn't have any power to the only power she has is to say no and, and she mm-hmm. uses that power a lot if i uh, like i remember when right. um when i was watching this that and i might not feel this way now i recognize this because this was the very first mellow i watched and it was the very first revenge mellow i ever watched as well oh so wow i was really impressed with her character because she was very forbearing and like she had a, a, a an air of uh, self-respect that nobody could ever put down like no matter mm-hmm. how much money he had he couldn't uh, there were things that he couldn't stamp out of her and one of them was her dignity was she was she dignified or was she just like like forbearing to a point of like just being a yeah, doormat? Is, like I'm this, sorry, this especially in I mean. the beginning where she's like I'm gonna go to jail for you. I was like, what are you yeah. doing? So this is this is what I mean about I might not feel this way now, but because it was the very first time I'd ever seen this kind of story ever. Um, yeah. I, I saw her in a way that I don't think I would now. And I'd be like, why are you doing this? It feels like a much older drama. And I don't know if it's because I don't really watch melodramas very often. But um, it's it feels like kind of a throwback. And it shows us behavior that we've, especially now in 2017, we don't expect to see in Korean dramas anymore. So I feel like it was almost more disturbing. So the question that was interesting to me when I watched it was, why was it that I... I found it very compelling. Like even though the even though the hero and the heroine are both, I think, like certifiably have problems that they in in a in a country with better mental health care, like they would go get all these problems taken care of before they even tried to have a relationship because they are having the most unhealthy relationship. It's an abusive relationship. Where he, you know, even even once it develops into a romantic relationship, you know, it started with abuse. It continues in in a really uncomfortable way. Um, why is it that I found it very compelling, despite all of that? And I think it's partly because the writer uh, sets out as a goal to tell really kind of what sounds like an impossible story. Like, and I've watched a bunch of melodramas, and a lot of the melodramas are like really. A lot of melodramas are not particularly entertaining, and they don't. I don't automatically like feel like I need to watch all the way to the end. I need to know what happens. And with Secret, I needed to know what was going to happen. I was really hooked. And a lot of other smart women who found Min Hyuk's behavior really repulsive, nevertheless, like we wanted to keep watching. Um, and 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 others didn't. I mean, lots of women like tur- tuned off and were like, "This is really bad. I, there's I, this is horrible. Why why is anyone watching this?" I don't understand. Um, 
but the so I wonder why why it is that I found it so compelling, and I think it's partly because it's just such an impossible story, uh, because it is like, you know, can it it, it sets up it, it the the premise itself is is impossible, which is compelling. There's this really int- uh, uh, hilarious sentence in the show uh, synopsis, which makes me laugh every time I read it. Minyok is a rich guy who has everything but a good personality. Let's <laughs> 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 uh, pass it to Burma, who has something to say for who's had something to say for a while. Sorry. <laughs> I feel uh, uh, differently uh, about the show than uh, Laika does. Uh, that in that, I don't think it's very dated. Uh, it's it shot really well. Uh, the the plot structure is pretty tight. It never actually lags at any point. It's always moving. And with older dramas, one of the main issues that we have is pacing. And this drama does pacing really well. So if, oh, if it's not focusing on uh, Minhyuk and uh, Yujang, then it's focusing on uh, Dohun and Seyon, both uh, of uh, whom have their own well bizarre personalities and peculiar justifications for their actions. It, I don't think they actually have normal characters in this. Yeah, oh, okay. everyone uh, is dysfunctional, that. it's true. Yeah, uh, however, <clears throat> we, since we were talking about Minhyuk's behavior, I have to admit that it's not so much his uh, behavior with Yujang that I found problematic because it, it's not, given the context of uh, what he was going through, he thought that she had killed his uh, girlfriend, like the mother of his unborn child, mm. along with the unborn child. It's uh, it's a horrible headspace to be in. And while she was getting punished, it was just five years in jail. Look, if she actually had run over his girlfriend, I would actually be completely rooting for him to ruin her life. The thing that I did find uh, problematic that they never addressed, and it still bugs me, is that Minhyuk, like when she was in jail, uh, prison, Minhyuk goes and uh, talks to uh, Dohun about, you know, basically making sure that she doesn't get parole. And then Dohun does that horrible thing where he mm-hmm. makes sure that her child, like their child, is taken away from her. And uh, it's fine. I, I understand that Dohun did it. And uh, Yu Jung, when she found out, she hated Dohun for it. But Minhyuk was the one who sort of, I don't know, he, he enabled that entire thing, he triggered that thing, you know, he, he made sure he that it happened. Yeah. He, exactly, that's the word, he was the instigator. So, I, I look, if it was me so why and my child... forgive him for that? <laughs> exactly, like, she, she forgives him for this, I mean, this one thing, that's a huge thing, that was her child who was taken away, and she believed right. that the child had died. So, how how did she manage to forgive Minhyuk? It just... That's one of the biggest mm. issues for me. So mm. for me, like that, um, what I understood, and like I just watched it, so it's pretty fresh in my memory, is that like he wanted her to stop getting out of parole, and he told him, "Don't let her get out on parole," which basically means like for her to fulfill the full sentence, which is you know it's a legitimate thing for him to to want, even though he did it in like a corrupt way. But like he um, Dohun actually didn't want. He didn't want the fact that he was being influenced in any way to show up. So before the evaluation could even go through, he had that girl do that thing so that her son would get taken away. So that the whole 
parole just became nullified and nobody would know even like what he said. So, Does that make sense? So Minyuk didn't actually know what form that would take. Mm. I, I understand that he didn't no, but know like, what it would take, but it, it still ended up in this thing, which was a cataclysmic for a mother. So again, you know, just by the order of things. Yeah, but, but I mean, if you start talking about like what triggered what, <laughs> like, there were so many things that triggered other things that you could like blame people for. And then it's just like this rabbit hole of people who are just doing really messed up things like Dohan's parents his mother was like insane <laughs> like how can you do that to your own grandchild and your own son who you claim to love like I did not that was crazy go ahead anyway sorry that was kind of a tangent go ahead well I think the reason is for her being able to forgive uh, Minyuk for losing her kid and not blaming him for it is is pretty much what like I said but um Though he had asked um, uh, Dohun to do something, he didn't know that it was going to take that form. Like, up until the end, uh, Minyuk didn't know that uh, Dohun had done that. Like, he thought the, kids, the kid was dead as well. Um, he, he didn't know that this whole other story was playing out on Dohun's side. Um, uh, I was going to add something else. Hold on. Oh, and the, again, like the the way this all ended up is um, revenge mellows. Basically, I, I discovered after watching this that revenge mellows are what I've been looking for my whole life. Don't even ask. Really? <laughs> because, because um, like basically, revenge mellows can play out in one of two ways, which is like well or badly. Um, so uh -huh. bad revenge mellows are the worst. Why? Because they don't give you any fulfillment. They don't um, uh, exercise your grudges. And I'm going to mm -hmm. uh, ask uh, Odessa to uh, uh, explain about Han here in a second. Um, but mm -hmm. the good revenge mellow, uh, of which I would say Secret is definitely one, but also uh, dramas like Golden Cross and your favorite as well, uh, Scandal. Um, good revenge mellows, the hallmark of them is that you get the bad guys get comeuppance. They get appropriately punished. And I think Secret achieved mm -hmm. that in a really... Uh, fulfilling way because every single person was punished appropriately you know Dohun was punished mm -hmm. Dohun's mother was punished uh, who else uh, even like you know Minyok was punished they were all punished uh, in as much as they needed to be for the things that they had done it was appropriate the punishment that they got and so at the end of it you do feel a sense of like ha huh, I'm glad everyone got what they deserved and um, this ties, like, why revenge mellows are popular in Korea. It's uh, very much to do with a concept called Han, which I, I'm going to ask Odessa to explain and talk about. <laughs> um, well, I was going to say, you, I, I would love to hear you talk more about revenge mellows because I have not watched as many of them as you have. But, but one thing that I've noticed watching a few of them is that I, like I, I started at first watching them with the idea that like revenge is just the stupidest thing. Why would anyone want to make a whole show about it? Um, and and from a, like an American, from like a white American point of view, it, it yeah, it's not something that like we talk about a lot. Nobody I know talks about getting vengeance on people. It's such a weird concept, right? Um, and then I watching them, I realized that the real topic of revenge mellows, they're about pain. And like justice. that's what they're. They're about pain and and justice, right? But like how you deal with pain. Um, to me, that's the most interesting part of them. Um, like whether and but you're right. I, like now when you're describing it, I'm like, yeah, you're right. The justice part is also part of what makes it satisfying because you, just watching people be in pain uh, is not um, 
is not so yeah on its own it's not so much fun so the justice thing yeah i actually i completely agree um because this was my thought when i was um it's but just do you remember there was an american show a few years but quite a few years back before this show um called actually called revenge um, it was starring Emily Van Cleef, yeah, was on ABC. I do. And I actually watched that, and I watched nearly all five seasons of it, but for some reason I couldn't watch the last five episodes because I couldn't be bothered. But, like, okay, it got really rubbish and mucking at the end, but in the beginning it was great for the same reason. It was a re- it was a classic revenge mellow. You know, uh, someone killed her dad, and she goes out to avenge him. But the same as you, when, uh, when you hear that whole revenge thing, revenge is not a quality, uh, the uh, desire for vengeance is not a quality that I think is a good thing or one that I try to cultivate in any way in my life but Mm. uh, and maybe that's exactly why uh, it's so appealing because in real life people can't play out their vengeances they can't uh, uh, exercise their hun their grudges their bitterness that right stays inside but when you watch a drama somehow it uh, uh, loosens that feeling and because it gets an expression um, mm-hmm. Maybe not. Uh, you can't uh, achieve that in your own life, but so the fact that uh, uh, an outlet exists for it helps you to deal with your own um, bitternesses, disappointments, grudges, and things like that. Mm. So, like, I don't find it weird now. At the time, I found it very like shocking. Like, why would you watch a drama like that? That's just you know, it's got to be bad for you spiritually, right? But I think actually it's the opposite now. I think it's ha- helped me to feel better about you know injustice because even if you uh-huh. can't get that uh, resolution in real life at least uh there's a, a resolution fictionally <laughs> should i say what han is please briefly yeah, because sure. the koreans have done a really good job of coming up with a name for this emotion that i think everybody experiences at some point um and but but korea gave it a name and talks about it uh, and Han means that kind of deep uh, bitterness, deep bitterness and anger about terrible things that have happened to you that you really cannot, uh, that you can't respond to usually uh, because Korea is a very hierarchical society. So there are even today, I see a lot at work, I see powerful people being really cruel to less powerful people. And in Korean society, it, if you're less powerful, you're just supposed to take it. And so Han describes like the emotion of, you know, of, of suffering that you have when you know there's nothing you can do to respond to the suffering. There's no way you can fight back. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I, so- I feel like also some of that might also that pain and suffering might also be that there's been this really traumatic war and it's in still in living memory where people were yes. just cut off from their family members and there's no way for them to see each other unless, you know, like some of them sacrifice, like risk their lives yeah. trying to see each other. So, I mean, I'm sure that also has a part to play, but like kind of related to what you were saying about not being able to kind of fight back and um, what Saya, you were saying about injustice, there is that, there is a very common theme in Revenge Mellows, and like I've only seen like four, so you know, take it with a grain of salt, of just not being able to get justice through the system that's supposed to give you justice, you know, instead of going through the legal system where, you know, we're taught from a young age that the law is fair and it's just and it's going to give you, you know, um, come up to, to evil people and 
but it's I mean that's not reality right so I, we see these themes again and again of like you know it's an incarnation of money it's in this it's in um, what other shows have I seen that but it's just like this complete failure of the legal system and the justice system and most of the time you also see like how corrupt that system is and how if you're rich and powerful you can just get away with whatever you want and so it's like okay well if I'm not going to be able to get justice through that what is my recourse it's only revenge like my personal vendetta right and it's not realistic but in a drama you can see that play out and eventually it works I was just going to add to uh, what Leica was saying earlier uh about um how korea has because korea has this history of occupation and invasion um and uh well, i guess what you said about how on a personal level in everyday life with you know the hierarchical system and stuff like that but han is is about both things like it's about that feeling on the personal level and it's but it's also it's an emotion that characterizes uh korea as a nation like th- this is um something that's very internalized in uh korean culture this sense of han which I find really interesting. I did quite a bit of reading about it, and I recommend anyone else who's interested to do a bit of reading about it because it's you know it's unique as far as I've come across to to have named this uh, uh, emotion as something that is really deeply important to your identity, the way it's important to Korean identity. Can we talk about Bisubin? The evil Oppa. <laughs> yeah, talk about him. <laughs> let's talk about Bisubin uh-huh. because um, I actually haven't seen him nice in anything. So the f- this was the first show I saw him in, and then after oh, that, you're not I seen watched- Shining Inheritance. No, but he's I watched so 49 nice Days. In that. I watched 49 <laughs> Days, and he's absolutely he's as evil as the- like he start he's one of those characters that's really interesting because you don't know from the beginning that he's a bad guy. The- the- his villainy is rooted in his weak willedness and his spinelessness, uh, and having no moral core. So. Yeah. Like I always find those villains the most interesting because it's uh it's too easy to just be bad. It's worse to be weak. I mean it's like you know the Peter Pettigrew of of, of characters. You're more dangerous because because you're you're weak and you're cowardly and you know. Uh, nobody finds you threatening because they think you're a nice guy. Yeah, but he hides his evilness on the inside. Did you feel his ending was uh, appropriate? Uh, his ending was kind of anticlimactic. Like, we all knew that he was going to get punished for what he did, and uh, fair enough that he goes to prison and he loses all the... He loses his power and position that he had been working to protect. But, uh, I don't know, it's, it wasn't satisfying. Like, it was a whole lot more satisfying to watch his mom grovel uh, before you jump. And Yoo Jung just yeah. walked out of that uh, jail. That was like the best moment because Yoo Jung had taken so much from that moment. Like mm. a lot of, like, that woman had abused her, humiliated her, systematically embarrassed her whenever possible. But Yoo Jung had never hit back. But then she reached a point where you, know, you did something so horrible to her that this woman finally broke. And yeah. so yeah, that that uh, his mother's uh, punishment was utterly satisfying. His not so much because I think they were trying to end on a note where he feels guilt for what he had done, but that guilt was, seemed kind of tepid to me. The, the enormity of what he had done was far too, I don't know, uh, huge, large. It just 
it had affected far too many lives for him to feel uh, slightly guilty for what he had done and sort of for the story to end there and it was also almost like he realized that what he had lost personally by doing what he did like you know that scene where she says like look at your son like what did you like the look the future that you took away from yourself and from me and it was like okay and then he finally kind of cried and he felt bad or whatever but like i almost felt like he's yeah, he's making know, himself he, look like a better person than he actually is by being like okay i'm gonna admit to all of my you know guilt and i'm gonna go to jail and like he was kind of self-satisfied in the end I like, that. like what was it that creepy smile in the mirror i was I was like, you're a psychopath. What's happening? Dohyun Do is, uh, I think, at the end there, he expresses, uh, he, he, he does, he's still, like, so morally shallow that he can't really feel the full extent of what he's done. I think, I think he's, you know, he's, he's exactly. shedding tears because he, he, because people are mad at him. I think, you know, he's, like, that shallow. People are mad at him, so now he's sad. He got found out. Yeah. yeah, he's he's such a weak person. Yeah, that's and and he's a very believable. Like nothing about this drama is believable. It is set in this very. It has this fantastic feeling, but really his character, you feel like you'd know people like him. The other thing about Dohun that um, the what Odessa said about him being very shallow emotionally, uh, I think that's one of the reasons you can't give him the benefit of the doubt even at the end. Like, not benefit of the doubt as in he's not guilty, but that, you know, he's feeling remorse. Um, it's because nothing, like, no relationship in his life seemed to ever make him happy. Not his mm -hmm. parents, not his fiance, not even that this, that weird thing that he had going with Seyon. Um, which brings me to Seyon, who oh, I yeah. thought for most of the drama was probably the sanest character there. And then towards the end, she uh, does that weird jealous girlfriend thing. But, oh, go, go on. You go on. Because I forgot what thing she did. I just remember she did something. Oh, the thing I was going to say is, I was going to say, because um, when you were mid-watching this and you um, were telling me, oh, yeah, Seon is the most sane character there. And I was like, keep watching. <laughs> so what did you think of her by the end? I... I thought she finally broke, like she, she became desperate enough because she, in some ways, she did seem to love Minhyuk. Mm. Whereas uh, with Dohyun, I think uh, he was the only one paying her any attention. So uh, she had, a, she never felt anything for Dohyun. Dohyun was kind of just there for her. She was playing with uh, him because she's a rich she girl. She was playing she with can. him. And she <laughs> said that to him at, at one point that, do you think that I would ever consider you seriously? That, that was. She, she was at least honest with herself throughout, um, which can't be said for the other characters in the show. But uh, yeah, no, I, I did think Minhyuk uh, owed Seiyun an apology and I'm glad that he made one because they had been friends before they became uh, engaged and how he treated her was pretty awful. Yeah. What do you think about the allusion to Wuthering Heights, if you guys are familiar with the story? I know Odessa is, but... Um... Oh yeah, English literature major. Yeah, <laughs> that is one of my most hated books ever. <laughs> I hate that book so much. I hate it so much. Yeah, I avoided any yeah. class that I could possibly take in university that would I would have to read that because I read for, it in high school anyone, and I hate it. For anyone who doesn't uh, know it, can you quickly sort of give a, a summary of it? 
of the um, basic, very basic submarine. Yeah, so basically it's like there's this rich family with a daughter and they adopt this like vagabond from the street and he grows up and they fall in love with each other but they can't be together and they basically destroy each other's lives by the end. An excellent submarine. It's very dark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's very dark. I hated that book so much when I read it as a teenager. I was like, why would anybody write this book? Same here. And I think yeah. I appreciate it a lot more now. Uh, like, I, it's been like 25 years since I read it. So, so now I go back to, like, I've read parts of it again, and I've read people writing about it. And now, like, I can see that from like from my perspective now I totally understand what that book is about it's like I read it as a teenager hoping for a romance and hoping things would be happy and now I look at it I'm like yeah that is a picture of like two toxic people destroying each other through what they think is love and I've seen that (laughs) you know like that is one of the things that happens sometimes when people fall in love for all the wrong reasons no, I agree. It's like, I also, like, I saw the last name Bronte, and I was like, oh, this is going to be like Jane Eyre. It's going to have a happy yeah. ending. And I think it's partly my fault for having those expectations. <laughs> I it's love not Jane not very similar to that at all. Yeah, I love Jane Eyre, too. It's a very different book from Wuthering Heights. But oh, you're right. Yeah. You know, like, uh, San says that to him. She's like, read this and find out what happens um, to um, a love that turns Tends into revenge. Oh, yeah. into revenge? Or to- mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. into revenge. So it was very thematically relevant, for sure, to his story. Who do you think it applies the most to? I I wonder. I think the thing that struck me the most about the comparison between Wuthering Heights and Secret is that Wuthering Heights is is about it's about like people who confuse sexual attraction for for love. Like, like these people are really hot for each other, basically, in like whatever the 19th century way of saying that is. Uh, Heathcliff and Catherine are really nuts about each other, but for all the wrong reasons. They, they have unstable personalities. They don't have anything in common, basically. Like this dark um, obsession. Yeah, like it is obsession. And, and it's believable obsession in the sense that, you know, yeah, sometimes people are just crazy about each other for all the wrong reasons, you know. And Secret is about, I really think, Minhyuk and, uh, and the, the, the two of them are crazy about each other for all the wrong reasons. They, you know, I, be, I believe that they are attracted to each other. I do believe that. But I also don't think they should end up together in the end. I actually didn't. Um, I don't know if I'm the odd one out, but, like, I didn't really feel the, like, I felt the chemistry between the actors, but I didn't really understand why they would fall in love with each other, and I didn't find their love story very believable. It Like, mm-hmm. the, the actors sold it, but I was far more moved by, like, her story with her son and how she, you know, like, the only time I cried was when, at the end, when she gives up her son and just wants him to be happy. Yeah. That, I don't know if you guys agree with me about, like, not really feeling that it was a romance or feeling that they really had a, I don't know, a rapport. What do you guys think? Uh, I agree. Like they went from the whole, uh, I don't know, they only had, before that final scene, uh, there was a gap of what, a year or two years, right? He went off somewhere, then he came back. I yeah. think that was a bizarre penance that he did. I don't know how going off somewhere is a penance, but whatever. Um, the thing is that right before that, I think we had one date. 
sort of. Mm-hmm. And that's it. So you go from there, problematic relationship, problematic relationship, one date, uh, gap of a couple of years, then he comes back and then they have that kiss. Um, it, 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 they didn't actually show us much in terms of development where this relationship was concerned. The thing, it was mostly all through Min Hyuk's point of view. Like he saw her at first as uh, what a, a toll booth uh, operator and then as someone who murdered his fiancée, he sort of became hellbent on destroying her life and making sure that she gets properly punished. And then he watched her and realized that, okay, there is something weird going on because this does not seem like a person who, like, there is something odd going on here. He goes with his instinct and then he finds out that she wasn't the murderer after all. Um, all of that stuff is fine, but that's his developing opinion about the girl. Whereas from Yujang's perspective, here is, an, is, a, is a bizarre rich guy who hands her an expensive diamond ring and uh, then next she meets him, he's attacking her on a stairwell and what I think after that she meets him and she's just come out of prison, uh, she's been told that her child is dead and he is obsessively hounding her. It just, you know, it's, it, it's for her. The only way that she's perceiving him for most of the drama is as this very privileged and, I don't know, bizarre guy. Yeah, and, and I, know, I, sorry, do you mind if I say yeah. one thing? Go on. Um, I only felt like, I totally agree that it's mostly through his perspective, and I only felt like we got a real expression of how she actually feels in two different scenes. Um, one is when basically like you know her his father calls her to their house and he's like you know tries to get rid of her and and then she leaves and then she goes back to her home and then he's like banging on the door and telling her to come out and she basically says like i don't want to see you anymore and she gives him this whole speech about like i really it's really hard for me to see you and like i do feel guilty that even if it wasn't me who was driving i still feel like i killed you know the girlfriend and I still feel guilty for that and whenever I see you I feel that guilt and it's so hard for me to see you and I felt like so much I was like wait is this how she really feels like that was the most emotionally honest I'd seen her and so because she always just smiles and covers up her feelings and at that moment I was like oh my god this feels really genuine and the other moment where you know she actually talks about her feelings is when she goes to her um you know to her urn like the dead girlfriend's urn and says I'm really sorry just for one day, I wanted to accept his heart. And I'm like, how, what is this? Like, this is the only time we're getting an emotion from you. Like, I don't really understand what's going on here. I don't know what you guys felt about that. I I felt like the reason I they agree. ended up together and were perfect, not perfect, really, but the reason they fit together is because she, what she tells us in those scenes when she when she's really honest, we, we, she tells us like she can't get over this accident either. Like this accident defined her life, and and we know he can't get over this accident. So like there were there were points like my favorite scene is the one where like he where he tells her like you know that he was able to keep going after his girlfriend died by hating her, and then he tells her like you can hate me too, mm-hmm. for to like give you courage now. Um, and it was like, whoa, and, and it's, but and then the, like the, the overarching 
thing going on here is that neither of them can move on from this accident, but everybody else they know has. Like everybody else is like going and going on with their lives, and these people can't move on with their lives. So like they're trapped together. Yeah, yeah. that's a good point. True. So it, it, from from that uh, point of view, I guess there could be nobody else for these two because who else is going to understand how broken they are inside? Yeah, yeah, it's not healthy. <laughs> yeah, it's not healthy, but you know, you, you need yeah. someone to talk to, and the only other person that these two could talk to about this and all the dark feelings that comes thereof is well, each other. So, yeah. and also, like, I feel like there's that one sentence that she leaves with when when she leaves him that day. You know, when they break up after spending that day together and that night together, and then she's leaving, and he's like reading the book that she left behind, saying that like. In the end, if you don't love, you're not living. And she's walking away saying, th saying, thinking to herself, the way you know that you loved is that you were in pain and you hurt me so much. And I'm like, really, is this supposed to be like some kind of romantic confession? Like, it's, But that's like the theme of the drama. It's like love is pain and the more you hurt, that means the, like, that's the more you love the person. Uh. I don't remember this. <laughs> yeah, it happened. Like, I just watched it. So it, it's like when... You know how he's like, just give me one day to spend with yeah. you, and they kind yeah. of try to forget all their problems, and they just spend this like idyllic day together, and then they spend the night together, and then she leaves before he wakes up, and this is her narration in her mind as she's walking away. Yeah, I remember that scene because I, I remember that like love is pain is kind of like her motto. Like she yeah. does not, yeah, she she her, she's so self-sacrificing. Uh, you know, because like in all of her relationships as well, you know, we saw it already with uh, with Do Hyun. We saw it with her father, with everybody. You know, she she exists to take care of other people. Yeah. I want to go back to um, what like it was uh, what you were saying about us, uh, whether we bought the romance, and having listened to you guys right now, I'm like reconsidering uh, my past self and thinking, hmm, what was wrong with you? Or maybe that was the me who had come off reading Twilight and stuff. Um, but <laughs> Oh god, please, no, don't tell me you read those books. I read them well before they were famous, when they had the ugly old covers. So I, uh. I count this as my redemption from that. Anyway, <laughs> so maybe, like, I'm thinking now, because I would have said yes, I did buy it, but I'm thinking now maybe I confused buying the chemistry as buying the romance. But then at the same time, I think... Uh, although, like, all of us know what a healthy relationship looks like and what an unhealthy one looks like, I also think that as much as healthy relationships exist, I think unhealthy relationships exist even more. Like, this kind of relationship <laughs> can easily exist. Like, it's something that is, uh, you know, angst is found more often in reality than a healthy relationship. <laughs> um, and... Yeah. Like um, what Odessa was saying about uh, why would these two have, uh, why did they fit? Why did they work? Because, they, like you were saying, because they were scarred by the same thing. And because neither of them have anybody else. Like there's not one other person in the world for them who is, apart from Kwang Su. <laughs> oh, I love Kwang Su. <laughs> he was my favorite. Another puppy. Like, yeah, yeah. We, we like puppies here. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> He was the puppiest. Uh, yeah, anyway, okay. you know, he was a driver slash assistant that we yeah. took together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he was ultimately under. Uh, he worked ultimately under Minhyuk's dad's orders. So when Minhyuk's dad 
asked him to kind of stop uh, Mithu from run, rushing after Yujang after that disastrous dinner. Uh, he did that. He stopped Minhyuk, and Minhyuk was struggling and glaring at Kwangsu, and that kind of gave me heart pangs. Because mm. well, he kind of considered him a younger brother, so it's, it's yeah. I mean, they had they had a really genuine relationship. Actually, um, you know, if we're going to talk about if there are any good relationships in this show, that was a very that it was a warm and actually uh, more equal, not necessarily equal in terms of power, but they had uh, there was a flow of emotion between them that was equal. Like they both cared about each other. So that was really yeah. Hard. Like Wangsu was there for Minhyuk. Like when he was going through the, those torturous five years, he was there all the time. So he had seen Minhyuk go through the stages of grief and then land on revenge and then refused to leave. So. And he took care of him. Yeah, he did. Okay, <laughs> that's true. And then he fell in love with uh, what was was her name? Harry? Her name? I can't remember her Harry, name. Harry. Yeah, yeah. Harry. Yeah, the little cute uh, Yujung's little cute friend. Oh yeah. <laughs> Those four women were very that yeah, was like an oasis days. of like happiness and normalcy in this like yeah. whole miserable show. Just the four of them together yeah, and how they were, they were like there for each other. Yeah. That was nice. Oh, a, a question. Uh Minhyuk's uh, stepmother, I, I didn't really understand his hatred for her. Is it because so, she married his dad at all? I think it's because she came into their household so soon after his mother. I think uh, the implication was that his mother committed suicide. Yeah. At least yeah, that's what I, I got. And so he he felt like she was like this younger woman who had basically like stolen his father away from his mother and basically caused his mother to commit suicide and like just came in right away after she, you know, because right she after she died. Just, the, she was something. She was somehow already associated with the household. And she was the household. Yeah, so I, I think her his mother brought her in to care for the children because she was, I think, mentally ill for a long time. It's what mm. I got. Okay. And, you know, how she, you know he's, he was saying my mother was always miserable in this house. Um, and then um, his stepmother said your mother was unable to care for you guys. And even... The father said, like, I never saw her smile after that day when I opened the hotel. So, like, I, they don't really spell it out, but I got the feeling that his mother was mentally ill for a long time and she couldn't really be a proper mother to her kids. So maybe she brought the stepmother in to help, you know, to be there for them. And so she genuinely loved the kids, but Minyuk always resented her for, you know, replacing his mom. Okay. And Minju, the younger sister, uh, she was also a stepdaughter, right? Because there was this weird yeah. thing that... The stepmom seemed to think that she has to preserve the, uh, the 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 sort of the lie that Minju is her own daughter. Like they yeah. have that, they constantly have that exchange. So that was, yeah. Yeah, that was kind of sweet, actually. I found their relationship sweet. And Minju's crush on uh, the the lawyer, uh, I think the uh, who was it? The the, the, the yeah, Irish he was a lawyer. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I forgot that about cute. that. Yes. I didn't yeah, remember that. <laughs> oh, and uh, that was uh, again another uh, uh, Choi. Uh, uh, the uh, something Choi. Um, yeah, attorney Choi. Uh, attorney Choi. Yeah. So attorney Choi was also uh, someone who, someone else who supported Minhyuk. Like even though his own father didn't, he trusted him. Uh, you remember Minhyuk used to call him Pyong. Mm. Yeah. Oh, him. Oh, I like yeah, him so the much. Yeah. The guy with the glasses. <laughs> yeah. Um, who was the actor again? Lee Sung Jun. Lee Sung Jun. Oh yeah, he was one of the best characters for me, even though I completely forgot about him until now. 
What did you guys think of the fact that, like, you know how usually when you have these kind of, you know, a, a poor, hardworking, self-sacrificing girl meets a chable and they fall in love, although it's a very different version of that story, like, the hero has to kind of reevaluate the fact that his father's company is practically like evil and corrupt and he does something about it or he like decides to leave or like there's some kind of reckoning with that but in this one it was just like how can I save my father's company even though it's very clear they're like embezzling lots of money and taking it off the top and engaging in all these like corrupt business practices and there's no real like nobody really ever addresses that it's just about like how can we all avoid jail and then they like successfully <laughs> avoid jail and then there's like no other like you know they don't address no, no, that he just yes. like loyally becomes his dad's like worker and he like gives the you know president position to the lawyer and everybody's happy at the end and i was like wow this is kind of different like what did you guys think about that <laughs> yeah Definitely. There's there's something missing there. But I guess I didn't feel like I didn't feel like there was something missing because the it all in this weird kind of it didn't feel like the real world. There weren't a lot of political issues intruding into this like emotional drama. Like I was really focused on the emotions. So like the last thing I wanted was uh, for us to like go off and have a few episodes about the shareholders or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> but I mean, we did get a lot of shareholders and I like fast forwarded those scenes because I didn't care, you know, but like it was weird because it was so caught up in the company politics, but at the same time, they're like, didn't care about the implications of those company politics. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just something that struck me as, as weird. I just thought yeah. that this was not that drama, you know, this this story was not about that. Here That's it was more about Minhook stepping up for his family, for the company and not just staying sort of holed up in his office obsessing over the death of his fiance because that's what he was doing for the longest time. It, towards the end of it, when he was fighting for his dad's company, he was finally coming out of the hole. I think that was what uh, that part of the story was all about. Yeah. Is there anything else you guys wanted to add before we sort of move towards closing? The one thing I would add about Secret is that the director of Secret is the guy who went on to do Descendants of the Sun and Goblin. Oh, really? Really? Interesting. Yeah. Why didn't yeah. I know this? Ian... Wait, there were yeah. two directors. Which one? Ian... Um, oh, yeah, you're right. Um, and and Beck Song-hoon was also one of the directors who went on to do Descendants of the Sun. They, they both went to Descendants of the Sun. Uh, so I think, like, for me, I think one of the reasons Secret succeeds you know, even though the story is so insane, is because those guys know how to tell a good story. Yeah, the story is definitely very well told. It's yeah. the pacing and the direct, it does, it kind of, nothing, it never lags, it just keeps going. I guess the thing that strikes me, if there's a theme that runs throughout the whole thing, it's that, like, love and hate are very similar emotions, at least for these people in this story. Mm-hmm. I can because see that. hate Hate is, you know, it, it, hate is the emotion that dominates his life. And then the whole story is the story of Min Hyuk's hate turning into this other thing, which he considers to be love. And that, to me, that's the, like, that's the one thing that holds it all together. I, I can see that. And also, like, even for the other characters, it's, it's very easy for love and hate to kind of switch from one to the other and go back and forth. Like, same with Dohun, like, even after he... It's weird because in the beginning of the drama, he like doesn't seem to love her anymore, 
but then he can't let go of like every time he sees her, he has such a visceral reaction. And it's I seem like seem like not only that he's just afraid of his secret getting found out, but like he can't let go of her in some some twisted way. And how yeah. love and hate are basically both some form some expression of obsession. Mm. So basically it all mm, comes yeah. back to obsession. <laughs> Yeah. And how to healthily channel it and what happens when it becomes unhealthy, right? Love is pain. <laughs> love is pain. That's a really good place to end. Um, I just wanted to add right. one last thing as a because um what I found myself doing after I watched this is basically looking for the next drama that would give me the same fix. Um so what what I had um it took a while to find it but uh, Golden Cross came out I think um a year later or something. So Golden Cross um uh, hit all of the same spots that uh Secret did. Um do you guys have any recommend uh, recommendations to add? Oh. I'm going to add a recommendation that is totally different. Uh, I'm thinking not of a melodrama but of a show where the people were like really in love and it fe- I, it feels like there's um what well, i don't even know how to say it but this the sort of darkness the darkness under the love uh that we get in secret and that is secret love affair a very similar name very different drama but also very good and also, if you uh, liked this uh, pair, um, I'm sure everyone knows the drama already, but um, Jisung and Hwang jung later teamed up again for Kill Me, Heal Me. Very different drama, but still, like, I loved it. I thought it was great. Yeah, um, and I watched that when it was airing, and then when I watched them in this, I think part of me was so attached to them together in that drama, and they were so much happier and better together that I was just like, oh my god, <laughs> I miss them together there. But yeah, that one is really good. Yeah. It's happier. It will give you a happier feeling than this, for sure. Um, I, I don't watch a lot of melodramas, but this is kind of an underrated show, but it's called Scandal, A Shocking and Wrongful Incident. Terrible title. Really good drama. Oh, I started wait. this because of you. Yeah. <laughs> It's so good. And, like, as you watch it, it just gets better. Like, it starts out with a lot of misery, like this one. But it just mm-hmm. keeps, like, and then you get to a certain point, and and it just, like, the, the tension and the suspense just go, and you just can't, like, stop watching. Maybe, like, the last five or six episodes, or even the last ten episodes. And it, it really surprised me, even after watching dramas for, like, you know, seven or eight years. It really surprised me, and the writing was just, and the acting was incredible. So I highly recommend that. Farmer, do you have anything to add? I wanted to recommend Kill Me, Me Too, so let me just plug that in again and say that if you guys felt unsatisfied by how uh, Min Hyuk and uh, Yoo Jung's relationship ended, or uh, you know, the point where we left them, then you should definitely watch it because it's all about their relationship. It's it's fantastic. It's a healing watch. It's a healing <laughs> heal the wounds yeah. that you're left with after this one. Yeah, oh, less, good. less killing, more healing, right? <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah. The killing is all metaphorical in that one. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a really great place to stop. Um, thank you, everybody, especially Odessa, um, for joining us today. And of course you're going to join us again soon. I'm not going to leave... Uh, leave it open for you to say no <laughs> oh i hope so yes i will uh, i'll be back this is fun yes we love having you so subscribe to this podcast for more awesome key drama discussions and leave us a review on itunes we really appreciate it bye, bye.